Welcome to Gateway Church Wirral Online. We're so delighted that you're with us this morning. So great that you can be a part of our live streamed gathering. Just to welcome you to this space and what we're all about. Um, to say that we as a church, we're all about seeing people meet with God, encounter him for all his goodness and his grace and for lives to be changed by him. As a church, we want to see a world transformed, made better and better through every life transformed by the grace of God. So our hope and our prayer for you today, meet with Jesus in the things that we're saying, in the things that we're singing, in the way that we're opening up the word of God, which is alive for us today. We want you to know Jesus, know that he loves you, know that he has a plan for your life. And as we're going through our gathering this morning, do please connect with us here in this live stream space. You can fill in our connection card. The tab, I think, is at the top of your screen. Request prayer if you'd like to. There are great, friendly people who would love to pray with you. And do just connect with us in any and every way that you'd love to. As a church, we gather. That's what we're about today. When we come to the close of our gathering, I'll tell you how you can connect with us going forward into the week. So have a really great time. Be blessed. Enjoy yourself and enjoy Jesus, we pray. Praise you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Come on, church, let's lift our voices. Let's lift our praises. We lift our hallelujahs to God and we praise him for he is good. He is good at all times. We lift our hosannas to God because we know we need him to save us, to rescue us, to be everything that we need. Jesus, we love you. We declare your praises in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, you are good. You are Lord of all the earth. And you're Lord of my life. You're Lord in this place, Lord Jesus. Even as you are Lord every, at all times, Lord God. Oh, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Church, in a moment or two, we're going to come to pray for a little while, and, and then our children are going to go to their program. But before we get that far, let me just share with you perhaps a little insight that you've maybe not considered regarding uh, the way in which we praise God and, uh, and the benefits of praising God. You see, truth is, there are times in our life when we, our, we might describe them more like valley experiences, no? And it seems like you're in the, the lowest of the low. You're right down low. And, and even there might be kind of those valley experiences that we find in Psalm 23, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And we know God is with us in those places, don't we? And we know God does have a rod and a staff that will protect and indeed comfort and indeed lead us. And we know that God does prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies, doesn't he? Whatever those enemies might be. 
And in as much as God is with us in the valleys, in as much as we know that valleys are oftentimes where God does some of the biggest work in our lives and through our lives, we also know that praise does something for us. And that praising God actually enables us, at least some of the time, to enjoy mountaintop experiences. I don't know whether during this summertime, has anybody had the chance to kind of climb a mountain or walk up a big hill at any rate? Has any, anybody, yeah, a few of you, you've had the chance to do something like that. The rest of us were all very lazy. Um, but you go up high, and what does going up high give you, other than like altitude sickness? Um, what does it give you? It gives you a view. It gives you a view that gives you perspective, doesn't it? And here's the perspective that praising God gives us. It gives us the perspective that the valleys aren't forever. Because you can see where they start and you can see where they end. It gives us the perspective that God is in everything at all times. Being pra- praising God up high shows you the glory of God's work. And if you can see the glory of God's work, then you know that God himself, the one who has worked it, is yet more glorious. Church, this is just one of the reasons why we praise God. You know, praising, it doesn't have to be loud, uh, but the loud bit does do you some good as well. I'm just going to say that. But just for a moment or two, let's praise God quietly. Can we do that? And I want you to praise God in the silence of your heart and of your mind. The music's going to carry on playing if that's okay. I find it, it just helps us in many ways. But I don't want us to miss this. Come on, don't be looking around you. Don't be distracted. Don't be thinking about what you've got in the oven or what tomorrow might bring. Praise God in your heart. Say, God, wherever I am, and look, you might not be in a valley experience. You might be going along great, but God's got a new perspective for you still. And in your heart and in your mind and in your soul, make a declaration of the Lordship of God right now. And maybe bring to your remembrance the ways in which he has been faithful. He is still faithful. Declare the character of God to yourself. Preach to yourself. Make these praises to your God and allow him to grant you these new perspectives. A sight of your Savior. Of his wondrous love for you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord Jesus Christ, as we remind ourselves and encourage ourselves in praising you, We are also encouraged, God. Your word teaches us that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Your word teaches us that those are the people who rise up on wings like eagles. There's a perspective. Jesus, I pray that you would form us as a people of praise. Because you... Your character and your conduct, your, your hand of graciousness upon us, the hand that holds us, it does not change. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for all the people of our church, Lord Jesus, that we would rise up on wings like eagles. That, Lord Jesus, we would be people who have a heavenly granted perspective. 
so that Lord Jesus Christ, whatever it is that we walk through in this life, we will know. We will know you. We will know you, the one who walk with us. We will know you, the one who works his good purposes in all things, at all times. Lord Jesus, make us a people of praise. Make us a people of praise. Church, would you join me in prayer right now? We're going to come and pray. And in our church, we've been encouraging one another with the words of Hebrews 10. And, and they're such an encouragement to our gathering and how precious and how important it is. And in Hebrews 10, when we're told how important it is to meet together and gather together, the Bible tells us that this is why. This is why we do it. It's so that we can really hold fast to the gospel, this good news of new life in Jesus. And then the Bible tells us that we can enjoy a couple other things as well. One is this, that we get to encourage one another. I'm enjoying seeing you this morning. Just to see you is an encouragement. And to chat with those that I've chatted with this morning, it's an encouragement. And as well as encouraging one another, we get to spur one another on towards love and good works. And so what what it is to gather as a church is to encourage one another, it's to minister to the body of Christ. And then it's to get on the mission of God together in this world. And that's what there is such a joy to be gathering. So, so church, I want you to join with me right now. And, and I would love for you to pray for the people of your church. Could you do that? And it might be people that you know perhaps are struggling or, or maybe people as you've looked around the room, you're like, oh, I wonder where so-and-so is or I wonder where such-and-such is. We want to pray. We want to pray that we would be a church that encourages one another and that goes together on the purposes of God. So could you do that? And can I ask you to do this, church? Would you just lift your hands to God? And what we're, what we're kind of envisaging here is that we're lifting the church before God. And we're saying, Jesus, for my brothers, my sisters, my church, God, we want to be encouraging one another. And we want to be spurring one another on. So church, let's lift our voices. Can we do that? We don't have to stay silent. We can pray. Come on, let's lift one another. Let's lift these names, these wonderful people. Let's lift our wonderful church before the Lord. And we say, Jesus, make us people of encouragement. That we would encourage one another. That, Lord Jesus, we would be holding fast to the gospel together. And, Lord Jesus, we would be spurring one another on. Oh, Jesus, we praise you. We praise you for you are doing a good work in your church. And we praise you that you are doing a good work through your church. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord Jesus Christ, this morning I thank you for your church. I thank you for your church gateway here in Birkenhead, for Oasis Church in Wallasey. I thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for your church when it is gathered and your church when it is purposefully scattered on mission. Lord Jesus, I thank you that, Lord Jesus Christ, you have promised, and this is true, that you will build your church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That, Lord Jesus Christ, that teaches us that your church is active and moving. 
that is forcefully laying hold of the things of your kingdom and bringing others into the fullness of new life in Christ. I thank you for your church, Jesus. I thank you for each and every person who is a part of our church, Lord Jesus, in this place at this time. God, we thank you for the immeasurable joy of gathering together. Lord Jesus, I pray that today would be a day of encouragement. Lord Jesus Christ, we want, Lord God, to take up that promise, Lord God, to shoulder that mantle. And Lord Jesus, I pray for each and every one of us that we would be encouragers. Lord Jesus, we might not feel like we have it in us, but Jesus, we declare over one another, you, Christ, are in us, and you are the hope of this glory. And Jesus, I pray also that we would be those who are willing and indeed desirous to spur one another on towards love and good works. Jesus Christ, as I look upon your church, I see people that you have commissioned to do good in this world. I see masterpieces, Lord Jesus, who you have created in yourself, Christ, to do the good works that you prepared even before we even knew anything about it. Jesus, this is your will for us. And so, God, we want to lay hold of these things this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Church, if you've got young children with you, then their program, I think, is beginning. And the team will help you, I think, at the back of the, the, the building there to, to guide your children through. Um, you go through the family rooms. If you've got littlies with you, that family room is also available downstairs where I think you can certainly hear and I hope see everything that's going on. Um, so if you need the family room as well. But church, come on, let's gather ourselves to our feet and we're going to come to praise God again. Um, and we're going to lift his praises. Should we do that? Should we praise God this morning? Well, this is one of those moments where you can be noisy. Shall we praise God together this morning? We're going to celebrate him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Though my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good Every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God All my life, Lord Though my life you have been faithful, yes, God. All my life, you have been so, so good. In every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Yeah. Your good. Is running after, is running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. No, my life, you have been faithful. Declare this. No, my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness. I invite you to lift your hands and to declare it again all my life. No, my life, you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God I will sing of the goodness of God I will sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of Lord. I will sing of God. You are faithful, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. You are faithful. Your goodness, Lord, tears. 
of your goodness, Lord. Goodness, Lord, your goodness, Lord. Oh, we consider your goodness, God. We consider your goodness, God. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Please be seated, church. Can I encourage you to... Um, open the scriptures now, whether you've got a paper Bible with you or, or whether you do it on a, a phone or a tablet. Um, can I encourage you to, to do that? And we're going to be coming around the Word of God together. Um, it reminds me, actually, and somebody remember me this week, we've got paper copies in the church and we need to get them out again, I think, don't we? Um, so that we have those available. Sorry, I've not done that today. Uh, but do please get the Word of God out in front of you. We're going to come around the Word of God together in a moment or two as we begin a new uh, series in the Word of God. And, and our series that's going to run for the next few weeks is called Remember When. Remember When. And you'll understand what we're talking about as we go along. Uh, but before we do that, just to, to share a few other things with you. Um, Next Sunday, Sunday the 12th of this month, as is common, every second Sunday of the month in our church, can you say to somebody who's near you, every second Sunday, could you just say that to someone, just to help them, every second Sunday, okay, um, what we practice as a church is what we call scattered Sunday, and that is not just when Pastor Greg is marginally more doolally than usual. Um, no, Scattered Sunday is when we go out from our church building, but not just, you know, randomly to, you know, get the grocery shopping or whatever it might be. We go out from our church in our transformed communities. If you're unsure what they are, our transformed communities are, are mid-sized groups of people of the church, and we describe them as extended families. Extended families made up of missionary servants. We serve one another and we go together on the mission of God. So every scattered Sunday, we're not formed together in the morning in this gathering. Rather, we're formed in our transformed communities wherever we are, in different neighborhoods or amongst different networks of people, sharing the love of Jesus one to another and with those around us. That's next Sunday. Um, as you'll also know, the essential companion piece to going is celebrating. Does anybody like to celebrate? Yeah, there's like seven happy people in the room today. The rest of you are misery guts, but that's okay. Um, I'll keep the cake to myself. Um, but we like to celebrate. Not only do we like to celebrate, but we understand celebrating Thanksgiving is a spiritual principle. Does anybody know that? That what you give thanks for in God, God multiplies. Do you know that? You, ah, come on, you've got to know these things. Do you remember that little lad who brought his packed lunch of a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread? Do you remember that? And it looked pretty much like nothing beforehand. But Jesus 
presented it to the Father, and he gave thanks. And does anybody know what else happened? Do you know what happened? 5,000 men plus women and children were fed from that packed lunch. And there was so much left over that each of the disciples was able to gather up a basket of, of goodies afterwards. Giving thanks is not just good, it's essential. So in the evening of Scattered Sunday, we essentially gather. It's not an add-on, it's, it's the absolute essence of what we're doing. And, you know, to, to go is one hand, to come again and celebrate is the other hand. Now, we have the joy of being able to gather again in person. And so next Sunday, our evening gathering is going to be back in person. You don't have to stare at a little Pastor Greg with his bit of bread and juice on the screen, uh, Facebook. Um, and we can come and we're going to gather. So we're going to come and gather that Sunday evening. So mark your diaries and we're going to enjoy these things together. It's 5 p.m. Thank you, Ronald. We're going we're gonna to trial a new time for that of 5 p.m. Um, because, hey, we've been through a pandemic. We don't need to do anything the same any ever, ever again, do we? And uh, we've taken some feedback, particularly from families with younger children, um, who've said that 6 p.m. is kind of when they need to spend the next two hours trying to get their blessed darlings to eat something. And then, and then at 8 p.m., when we've been doing stuff online, is still when they're trying to get their blessed darlings to stay under those covers. Um, and, and so we're going to trial 5 p.m., so that we can give that hour. Um, if you want to stay on longer, that's great, but we want to respect the fact that others might want to get home and get on with uh, families and, and so on and so forth. So 5 p.m. next Scattered Sunday. Great. Now let's come into the Word of God together. Um, if you want to, you might want to open up to Deuteronomy 6. We're not going to get there straight away, but we're going to get there in a moment. Um, Deuteronomy um, in the Old Testament of the Bible in chapter 6. Today we're going to be talking about remembering and what remembering does. Um, and we're going to particularly be talking about remembering the things that God has done and how we can do that as a Christian community. And actually remembering actually is an act that forms us as Christians. Remembering is an act that forms us in community, and remembering actually informs us both as individuals and as community so that we can see a world, get to know what God has done. For, as Christians, we actively remember, actively remember. We don't just occasionally kind of happen upon memories in the dark recesses of our minds and think, oh goodness, that was fun. Um, we're active rememberers. And by that, I don't mean that it just, you know, we're getting a bit old and it takes a bit longer for us to remember things and we've got to work a bit harder at that. I don't mean that kind of sense when you go into the kitchen and you ask yourself, why am I here? And I, not existentially, just, you know, am I here for a brew or is there something else? I, I don't mean that. I mean actively remembering. Active remembering is when you mark the diary with the regular acts of remembrance. Active remembering is when you have ways and shapes and forms of, of remembering. I'm stood here and, and here's one right in front of me. It's this table of remembrance, of communion. We're going to share in it shortly. Active remembering is when it's not just, you know, when we happen upon opening the Word of God, but when we make the daily diligent practice of coming around the Word of God. So we are actively remembering. Remembering for the Christian is not just a wistful momentary thought. It's the active involved remembrance of a, of a community which chooses to remember. 
chooses to be formed together. And it's a key concept that you find right throughout the Bible. You know, you find that, that when, when the, the, the people of God, when the communities of God are actively remembering with one another, with the means of grace that God has given to us, then they don't go too far wrong. In fact, they stay very, very close to God and enjoy all of the benefits of that and live those truths out in the world in remarkable ways, actively remembering. Today we're going, to, we're going to use some biblical references, and they're pretty big hitters in the Bible. We're not going to unpack them in detail because they're huge things, huge instances of God's grace and of his power. But we're going to reference them, and it's going to help us to understand how we can be communities of active remembrance. And those three things are the Exodus, the Passover, and the Last Supper. All these things speak actually around the same themes of God's saving work, you know, and and they all foreshadowed that. One of them we retain because Christ Jesus has commanded us to do so, but they're all incredibly precious and important things. God calls us to remember because we intentionally remember, what we intentionally remember rather, it shapes who we are and it shapes how we act. I was talking just the other day with somebody in the church about regret, and I was sharing kind of just openly that sometimes that's something that I struggle with. I don't know whether it's anybody else's experience, but I can find myself vividly reliving moments when I feel like I've fallen short. I can see a couple of heads nodding at me. Um, But then I was thinking, actually, well, what does that shape me to be? If my remembrance is of regret, then what does that shape me to be? It's probably not positive. The Bible actually teaches that if there's godly sorrow, and I'm kind of using that in regret, but if there's godly sorrow, the Bible actually teaches me that godly sorrow produces repentance. That's a change, a change of mind, of heart, and of my way of living. It produces repentance, which leads to salvation without regret. Does anybody want to live without regrets? Yeah? Well, there's, there's biblical wisdom right there. Godly sorrow. Sorrow's not a bad thing. But we want to actually channel these things into God's purposes and processes of repentance, which leads to salvation without regrets. We want to be shaped by what we remember, how we remember it, and how we're allowing God to shape us through these things. We remember collectively. We remember publicly. We grow as a community in faith and in love, but we also grow in our witness. And that's going to be a key theme that we're going to be unpacking over the next few weeks, is that our faith, our salvation, our our walk with Christ, it's not a private thing. It's not solely a private thing. We we live in a world that would quite like an awful lot of, of Christian thinking and of morality and of witness to be something that we kind of keep in quite a quiet box. Um, because sometimes it's awkward. Sometimes the things of our Christian faith are in direct contradiction to some of the ways in which our world would have us live. And so there's this kind of uh, gentle kind of thrust that says, you know, uh, do the nice things, Christians, but don't be weird. Does anybody else find it hard not to be weird? Does anybody find it hard not to be There's like four of us. Everyone else is like, no, totally not weird. Totally not weird. Uh, here's a little secret. You're all weird. Um, I say that in love. Um, 
<laughs> We're very weird. Our Christianity isn't a private thing. It's actually intended to be something that we witness with and, and to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to be prompted, even provoked. That's another way of saying stir up. Yeah? When we talked about Hebrews 10 earlier, stir up one another. Another way of saying it is provoke one another. Now you can provoke someone to something good. <laughs> I know sometimes we end up provoking people the other way, but you can provoke someone to something good. We want to be provoked or stirred up to consider our own story, to remember what God has done in our life, what he is doing, and how our stories actually can speak into our world. What do you remember? What, what kind of, what vivid kind of pictures or remembrances have been kind of happening in your life? What things have you been kind of perhaps getting back into the groove of recently, kind of trying to kind of remember how you um, do certain things. I, I had, I've been having a, a little bit of a recurring dream recently, um, only a few times, but it's been totally freaking me out. Um, and I've, I've been in this dream, and I suddenly remember that I'm supposed to be marrying somebody on that day. And I don't mean getting married, because, you know, I'm already married. Uh, but I mean marrying other people, you know what I mean? Conducting a wedding, that's the way of saying it, isn't it? And, um, and so I'm frantically scrambling. And I end up, and, and I don't know how it goes in the dream, but I end up finding myself down here, and I'm in jeans and a T-shirt, and I haven't got my little book, and I'm trying to remember the words. And it's all just a bit frantic, and I'm like sweating, and it's, oh, it's horrible. Do you, do you have dreams like that? And you feel like, how do, I, I've forgotten something. I don't know how to do this. And, it, oh, and, and, I'm just, and I wake up with it. Ooh, it's horrible. Um, I don't know. Would anyone like to get married in our church? We do a really good job. Um, we do. We do, a, we do an excellent job. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of poor Vicky Adagoki and Justin. Their wedding's coming up shortly. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I hope you're praying for them. Um, kind of getting back into the groove of things, I suppose. I, I, I've, gone, I've gone now again twice in August to the gym. I've gone back to the gym. Yeah. Thank you for the encouragement. I appreciate it. And, um, and I went to the gym for the first occasion. And I kind of had a routine because I'm a creature of habit, a.k.a. a man. And, um, and I went back and I kind of did all my stuff. And I, and I came out afterwards and I said to Erin, it was all right, that. I could do it all. It was absolutely, and I went through the rest of the day, I'm thinking like, my body is a temple <laughs> of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, and I was like, it's incredible. Muscle memory. It's what it's got to be. The next day, I was in agony. And I had a bit of a summer sniffle. And every part of me ached. Every part. Like my ears ached. And, and I felt so bad, I'm like, I better take a lateral flow test. I think I've got COVID. And I didn't. I'd just been to the gym. I, th I thought I remembered how to do it. I didn't remember that, you know, this might be a little bit tricky. We have been being formed. These past 18 months, they formed us in certain ways. My body was formed to not really enjoy vigorous exercise. I've been formed into somebody who enjoys a nice stroll of an evening. Anybody else formed in that way? Yeah, I was trying to form myself back into the other way, and it was pretty hard. 
And I suppose there are multiple ways that that's been going on in our lives recently, our interactions with one another, whether we gather with others and how we go about our work life and our family life and schools and all these kinds of things. We've been formed. There have been many necessary things that we've, we've endured, mostly not enjoyed, but we've endured for the sake of, of community and so on and so forth and one another. And, and we're, we've actually been formed in some unsuspecting ways by these things. And the call of God over our lives is, do you remember what really matters? What, what's, what's eternal? Do you remember the big story that you're a part of? Because I know we, we've been focused and concentrated upon this 18-month story of a pandemic and so on and so forth. And I know, you know there are things still happening and people are still perhaps fearful about what might happen. But God is reminding us that that's not the whole story. There was a story that begun before that, and there's a story that's continued through it, and it's going to carry on after it. The story of God and his work in this world has been continuing. It will continue. God is still at work in you. How are we being formed? How are we being formed? There are many ways in which we actively remember in order to form ourselves. I talked about weddings, but then after you've had a wedding, you, you have an anniversary. And, and another one, and another one, and another one. And, and we, we remember, we celebrate these anniversaries. And, and we, we kind of give them additional meaning, don't we? And there's all different kind of things that you're supposed to buy. Every anniversary has a theme. Uh, it never needs to get old. Erin um, and I, we not long ago celebrated our seventh anniversary. And you, you Google these things. Uh, thank you. Um, and you Google these things and you discover that, um, and there seems to be an American way of celebrating as well as a British way. And ordinarily, the British way is a little bit weird, and the American way is a bit shiny. It says something about our national identities, I think, doesn't it? Um, so the British way, it's wool. <laughs> You have to give a gift, something to do with wool. Um, and not, not even just if you're Welsh, honestly, it's for everybody. And, and just wool. Uh, but the American way is copper, because they're like, you know, we need something shiny. And so we did a little bit of copper, and we did a little bit of wool. But I, I did discover there's a modern one as well. And you can celebrate your seventh anniversary with desk tidies. Did, does anybody know this? A few of you are thinking, please, God, Greg did not give Erin a desk tidy for that anniversary. You know, you're not the only one. I told Erin about this, and she said, yeah, don't. Um, I said, I found some really nice ones. Um, no, no. But you, you kind of remember things, and you're formed in certain ways, aren't you? But we do it kind of nationally. We do it as a society, don't we? And, and um, you know, we have kind of societal days. Um, one of the things that's kind of being built up towards is the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Is that next year? I think it is, isn't it? And they're already talking about it as this moment of celebrating this hugely long reign that she's had um, in this country. And we do it so that society can be formed in certain ways. Society remembers so it can be shaped. Church, you need to remember so that you can be shaped in the ways of God. Because you're going to get shaped one way or another. You're going to get shaped. 
But are you actively remembering to be shaped in the ways of God? What are these ways of God? Exodus, Exodus, Deuteronomy 6. I'm going to read from verse 20. When your son asks you in time to come, it could be your daughter. Both my kids ask tricky questions. Um, But when your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son or daughter, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and grievous, against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there, that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are to this day. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. Exodus. It's this defining event for the Old Testament people of God, for the Hebrews, for Israel, for how they understand God. They understand him as mighty. They understand him as a liberator. They understand him as one who keeps his promises. And how they understand their own identity as a nation. They are a people who have been brought out of captivity. They are people who know victory because their God grants them victory. There are people that's going somewhere. It's nice to be going somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, you're all thinking like, well, hurry up, Greg. I want to go somewhere soon. No, no, no. no. There are people who are going somewhere, and there are people who are going to inhabit a promise, the promise of this land. But the generation that was, they saw with their own eyes. It was right there in the text. They saw what God did, but their kids didn't necessarily see it. And so the idea is when the kids ask, why do we do these acts of remembrance? You'll be able to tell them the why. You'll tell them the why. And it's not just because that's how we've always done it. That's not good enough. There's a why that actually speaks to who God is and who you are. And what that means when the two things come together remarkably and powerfully. You know, it was so important because, you know, the, the people, when they came out of Egypt, came out of slavery, they thought that they were going to go from Egypt and pretty much hop, skip, and a jump into the land of promise, but it didn't work out that way. It didn't work out that way largely because the people stopped remembering right. They stopped forming themselves actively in the way of remembrance. So they ended up wandering in the wilderness 40 years. Generation passes away. Throughout the years, they had to be encouraged over and over again. Remember, 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 remember. And God brought word to them. Remember. And God brought signs to them. Remember. Most especially, he brought his presence to them. Remember. He tabernacled with them. That's a way of saying he was present with them. Remember, remember, remember. Whatever our circumstances, God wants to be with us. Will we remember that? We remember that once upon a time we were captives, not in Egypt, we were captives to sin. We were captives to our own rebellious brokenness. We were captives to our own distancing ourselves from God. We were captives to the ways of sin that didn't just ensnare us once, but just kept on dragging us back in. We were captives to death and decay that was going to lead us to an eternity separated from God. 
but Jesus has set us free. That was a great place for hallelujah. I'm glad you did. He set you free. And he wants you to remember that. Look, you know, there's a very true sense whereby, you know, we wander through this world and and it can sometimes seem like we're in exile from God's perfect plan. He does have a perfect plan. Good news. And so while we're wandering in this world, waiting to go home, remember, remember, remember. We tell the story. Even in exile, we're told by a biblical scholar, Carol Newsom, even in exile, hope was nourished by evoking the memory of the Exodus. It is no accident that the story of the Exodus is the only story which the Torah, that is the, the law-giving books that they had, which those books instruct the people of Israel to retell. Tell this story. You might tell a hundred stories, but this is the one. This is the central story. Tell it. The story is central to their identity as God's people. We form ourselves through telling the story. Telling the story. Telling the story. Who have you told your story recently? Your story of how you came out of slavery to sin, into the fullness of life with Jesus, how you're walking with God, and how you're going to go home one day. Who have you told your story to recently? Just last Sunday in Oasis Church, they had a baptismal service there. And, uh, and they had a, a new member of the church there. And she told her story. And then she was baptized. And it's glorious. It's so good. Church, we're going to have a baptismal service here on October the 3rd. And if any of you have not yet been baptized as that outward representation of your story of faith with God, then sign yourself up. Don't delay. Tell your story. Be formed in the way of Exodus. See how it is that God wants to bring you into newness and fullness of life. He wants to do good things for you. Get baptized. Get baptized. Exodus. Quickly, we're going to have to move. Passover. Now, Passover is actually a part of the story of Exodus. And it's as the word sounds that God's judgment upon those enslaving forces of Egypt didn't come upon his people. Rather, it passed over his people. Exodus chapter 12. Listen to these words reading from verse 12. For I, w- for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, And on all the gods, lowercase g, because they're not really God, on all the lowercase gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. He's in control. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. You see, they've been instructed to to have some blood of a sacrifice upon the the, the lintel and the the door. And that was the sign. It was a sign that they belonged to God. In fact, it's a a sign not only of what God did then, but it was a foreshadowing sign of even the blood of Jesus Christ. And the, the scriptures continue, this day shall be for you a memorial day. It's all about remembrance. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, as a statute forever. 
you shall keep it as a feast. And it goes on to describe how they would keep it and concludes in verse 17, therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a statute forever. Just in case they thought, does he really mean throughout our generations forever? God says it twice. Does anybody here need sometimes to hear things twice before they get it? Three times, four times, five times. Um, That's actually as high as I can jump. Um, We need to hear things over and over and over again, don't we? Um, So that we're formed by these things because God is asking us to do them over and over and over and over again. They're encouraged to remember and actually not just to retell this aspect of the Exodus, but to reenact this aspect. They're actually to kind of act it out using various things, physical things that have meaning and substance and worth and value. And they speak truth and form them again in these ways. And it's not just about recollecting the past. It's actually about saying that same God with that same character who worked in that way wants to work today. And he wants to do things now. We remember God's faithfulness. As a community, it helps us to be shaped. There's a novelist, Ian Forster, who uh, wrote an awful lot about memory, and they, they distilled it in this phrase, unless we remember, we can't understand. Yeah? Unless we remember, we can't understand. That's a pretty profound sentiment, I think. We can't understand. We just there's another saying, isn't there? Those who don't understand history are doomed to repeat it forever. You know, we, we can't understand. We can't move it into the fullness of what God has for us. And moving from the Passover to the Last Supper, it's a pretty short movement, actually, because they speak profoundly of the exact same thing. The Last Supper, if you know, was the Last Supper Jesus shared with his disciples before he would be crucified. And he walked them through its meaning, and then it was passed on to the Apostle Paul, who teaches us in 1 Corinthians 11, the full meaning of these things. He said, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Do you see what's happening through this Last Supper, this Lord's Supper, or this communion, as we sometimes call it. See, what's not happening, and sometimes people get the wrong end of the stick, the, the bread and the cup, they're not actually becoming physically the body and the blood of Christ Jesus. That's not true. Jesus died once upon the cross. Now he is whole and complete, resurrected and victorious in heaven. But when we share the bread and the cup, we do believe that there is supernaturally the very real presence of God in these things they are emblematic but they're more than that and God is very really present through these powerful and profound things so much so that he forms us through this supper through this feast 
The amounts may seem meager, but the effect is profound. God forms us powerfully in this way, in this new way of promise, in this new way of hope. And not only does he form us, but as Paul says, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. To be formed by this supper is to actually witness. See, it's such a strange thing, isn't it? You know, we, we find ourselves living here in this world. Jesus has gone to heaven. He's promised to come again. He is going to do so. But here we are in this meantime place. Uh, and God uh, has given us certain things so that we can be formed, so that we can speak life, and so that we can win spiritual battles. And you might think, well, God, you know, give us, give us kind of, you know, tanks and artillery and helicopters. Uh, and Jesus says, I'm going to give you a book. And then I'm, I'm going to give you a cup, and I'm going to give you a bit of bread, and that's all you're going to need. But don't worry, I'm with you. My spirit is with you, and, and you're going to have a book and a bread and a cup, and you're going to be wholly victorious for all time, and then I'm going to come again. Does this sound crazy to anybody else? It sounds a little bit crazy to me, and, and I'm the pastor. It sounds like, God, what on earth are you giving us? He says it's everything you need. You need a book of stories. You need a bit of bread. And you need a cup. I'm with you. Go and win. <laughs> it's like, all right then. This is totally odd. This doesn't make a great deal of sense. But does anybody know that it works? <laughs> does anybody know that it works? Because has anybody here been shaped by this book? Is anybody regularly shaped when they say, look, I'm not just going to share communion and community haphazardly or occasionally when I give it a second thought, but I'm going to do it regularly. Does anybody know that they're actually shaped and formed? Does anybody know that the Word of God is living and active? Yeah? Sometimes more living and active than some of us. We're shaped, we're formed. Church, would you stand with me? Could you do that? We're going to be a bit active now. I know you've sat for a long time and you've done so incredibly well and I really appreciate that. But whether we're here, whether we're at home, come on, should we stand together? And I'm going to invite you to be a little bit active for a moment or two. And the way we're going to do that is in this, uh, this feast, this, this, this celebration of remembrance. We're going to sing. And I'm going to invite you to do, uh, do something. I'm going to invite you to think first. Is that all right? I know it's Sunday. I want you to think. And the, the thinking I want you to do is this. When you think about your life, how would you finish the question, I remember when God dot, dot, dot. How would you finish that question? I remember when God dot, dot, dot. I was going to say there's some of us here, we need something substantial to hold on to and remember. I think all of us here, all of us, we need the substantial work of God to hold on to. So you remember these things. Who are you going to tell about those things? And when you've done a bit of work of thinking, we're going to be led in worship now as we come to conclude. And I'd love for you to come. Would you take a cup? I know they're these hermetically sealed little things. It doesn't feel like bread. And, but we're coping. We're doing all right. But would you take the cup and head back to your seat? I'm going to ask you today... Don't just eat individually. We're going to do it together. Is that okay? 
to be informed in community by this communion with God. So just, and maybe to help you, maybe if you're willing, you might want to close your eyes or bow your heads. I know if you've got little children with you, you're going to want to keep one eye open. That's all right. <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> but uh, just do some work with God. I remember when God dot, dot, dot. Just close your eyes, bow your heads, do this work. I have an invitation. It may be that there's some of you here today and you're like, I, I don't remember anything with God because I don't know that I know him yet. Maybe you're like, I, I, I'd like to have a, a story with God. I'd like to know him. Well, come on, today's your day. And while everybody else is having a think about what they remember with God, if you're like, I, I don't have a story with God yet, but I want one, I'm going to come and stand down the front while we're led in song. And, and if that's you today, would you come and chat with me? Not because I have all the answers, but because I want to introduce you to the one who does. It's Jesus. And, and he loves you immeasurably. You're not, you don't remember him yet, but he remembers you with so much grace and goodness. And he wants, to, he wants to love you. So if that's you today and you don't yet have a story to remember with God, come and see me and we'll chat and we'll pray. And God will be so good to you, I know it. So church, remember, come and receive the cup and then we're going to take together and I'll lead you in that in a moment. Thank you church here or at home would you take the bread and we're recognizing before God that this is his body that was broken for us that the very real presence of God is with us that though a book and bread and a cup might seem to some rational minds to be not enough to form a people to form a new world yet even so we know that what Jesus has done is more than enough and so Christ before you and in the power and presence of your spirit we hold what speaks to us of your brokenness brokenness such that we might be made whole so that we might be formed in your likeness formed together so that we might form this new kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven thank you Jesus people of God let us take and eat take the cup and here we give thanks for the bloodshed from Jesus and in his blood that is shed that he might not only pass over us that he might not only overlook our sin but that he might wash us clean there is life in the blood Christ Jesus, through his death and resurrection, puts to death our sinful ways 
and he raises us to newness of life. Even as there is no end of life in Christ Jesus, so now there is no end to the life for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so we take and we drink. It's life to us. There's the life that flows through us into our worlds. Thank you, Jesus. Let us drink together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In a moment or two, we're going to go from this place. I would urge you to go in remembrance. Remember when God dot, dot, dot. Who are you going to tell? As we go from this place, for those of us who are part of this church, you're able to give either physically via the giving box at the, at the rear or via the other means that you have. And I thank you for your giving. It is such a blessing. Well, let's go taking this good news of Jesus Christ. Of course, if you have children with you, don't go too quickly. Make sure you go and collect them first. God bless you as you go in remembrance. Be people who are formed by these stories. Formed by the body and blood of Christ. Formed such that next Sunday, scattered Sunday, we've got something to take, something to tell, something to celebrate. God bless you. We're going to celebrate in song as we conclude today. Thank you. He shall return in robes of white. The blazing sun shall pierce the night. And I will rise among the saints. My gaze transfixed on Jesus' face. But declare this with me. He shall return. Shall return in robes of white. The blazing sun shall pierce the night, and I will rise among the saints. My gaze transfixed on Jesus' name.
and love and the graces of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Have a great day. Bless you. Once again, it's been such a delight to be able to share together as a church this morning. And uh, we know uh, that taking what God has been doing in our lives, we can go and have wonderful weeks with him. Just to um, invite you um, to journey together with one another as we go through the week. We as a church, we don't just gather, but we get going into what God has for us together. And we have these things called transform communities. We would love to help you to connect with other like-minded people who are exploring God's goodness and grace and seeing how they can be a part of his transforming work in the world. So again, hit us up, get in touch. We'd love to help you to connect. Anything that you need, any prayer requests, do let us know. And we'll love to see you again this time next week. God bless you and bye for now.